welcome to Useful Idiots. This is a special wrap up of the week, special wrap of, uh, basically, we brought you a great show this week because Matt was live in Virginia. And Not in any place here. scenic. He was in a Best Western motel room. And as you'll hear shortly, a meal was ordered and there was a lot of peer pressure to get him to partake in the meal. He was being self-denying and- We had a good discussion about that, I thought. Yeah, some of our best discussions are food discussions, yeah. But this is a special week of, uh, this is a special Useful Idiots where we're just basically focusing on Virginia and we're bringing you a special live stream that we did packaged into a podcast. Is that right. too much like exposition? No, it's fine. I think it makes sense. Like, you know, and the reality is that uh, it would have been impossible to impossible to do our regular show because i was on the road so right um yeah we had we had to um, do something uh that was kind of live and yeah. um in fact that was the original conception of the of useful idiots is that i was going to be doing campaign reports so sad what happened to matt what happened to you matt what happened to you man what yeah happened? do better do better do better yeah exactly exactly Re read the room read the room uh, read the room why are you writing about this when the world right. is burning yeah, and all that stuff. You and Glenn. You and Glenn, man. Oh, I know. Yeah. Yeah. That's the other thing. Grifters. Oh, yeah, Matt, you were, you were profiled by, the, by uh, New York Magazine. By friend of show Ross Barkan. Friend of show Ross Barkan. Yeah. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. He interviewed me, by the way. We can cut this out if it's too fourth wall. We, I didn't, none of my quotes made it in. Uh, yeah, I was going to say that's interesting. I wonder yeah. what that meant. Yeah. I didn't devote a lot of thought to it, but uh, but my 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 overall conclusion was that that was probably a net negative. What was a net negative? That that me? yeah that that there were that there were no quotes from from you in there. Well, a net negative about what? No, no, actually, no. Oh. My quotes yeah. were positive. Yeah, I was gonna say no. Yeah, right, right. Oh, if there okay. was something in there like that, I'm actually like lascivious and and demeaning and that you uh, do it right he would have put that in right he would have put that in right yeah it was boringly boringly adulatory yeah thank you for that although yeah sure i mean i, I you said lied that I was, obviously i lied yeah <laughs> i was just i had to i said as a first e biha uh, first what i just said you were first what is it what is it and and p MP. It was basically yeah. all about what it was like to work with an MP trailblazer. <laughs> That's really funny. Excellent. Uh, well, I appreciate that, Katie. Uh, yeah. I appreciate that. Did you like that. it? The story? I thought it was it yeah. was fair, you know? I mean, yeah. look, I'll be honest. When he first told me that he was writing the story, I was I was sure it was going to be a hit piece. But yeah. then I thought, why would they hire Ross to do it? So that part didn't right. make any sense. If it had been anybody else, I would have, I would have, you know. Was this before or after we interviewed him that he it was after you? actually look at that yeah and you know one of the one of the odd things about that about is that the useful they, idiots bump the useful idiots bump but they you know they asked they asked a reporter who's kind of been through a few of the same kinds of things that i have um you know like ross has taken a lot of heat for saying oh, making making yeah. kind of like run-of-the-mill or uh observations about like voter behavior and stuff like that um and that's kind of the part of the narrative of the story so it was it was, it was a little odd 
I'm, but I'm glad they did it. You know, he's, yeah. he's, he's a, a fair and decent guy. And that was the only reason that I, that I agreed to cooperate with the yeah. story. So, um, but anyway, we have, we have election stuff to go over. We have so much uh, stuff to go over, yeah. And we we thought I think we thought that there would be more results before um before the end of that night. And um but we basically knew what was happening. We did, although we got some stuff wrong, like the, the oh, governorship, yeah, of New Jersey turned out to be uh, you know, it it didn't go red, right? Did we think it was gonna go red? I was kind it, of it like it, yeah, it was looking that it? way. No, did well, we, we didn't it? say it. We didn't call it, but I mean, it was looking so, that way. So why are you? You're just you just put us. You did something just so terrible, Matt. We, you put us in a place we didn't have to be. We could have come out of this with a, smelling like, like a rose. Yeah, smelling like a rose. Right, right. But well, I didn't. I didn't come out and say on. like I didn't do like a war dance thing like. Oh wait, yeah. no, there was a time. No, you're right. Now I remember. I was like, what? What's it like? Or something. I said like. What does it feel like? We thought, right? We thought the Republican was going to win. You're like, I got Christie. I was under Christie. Yeah, I mean, like you know, living right. in living in New Jersey, I, I expect the Republican governor. You know what right. I mean? I mean, I yeah. I mean, that's that's not actually true either. But um, not it's not like it's a surprise. It's not. It's not shocking. Right. Yeah. It wouldn't have been, yeah. yeah. But he eked it out, the Dem. Yeah, he did. He did. Murphy. Uh, Murphy. Luck of the Irish. And there were some other. There were some other interesting results. Uh, obviously the. Yeah, uh, so Wilson is telling us first time a Democrat won re-election since 1977 in New Jersey. Wow. We should add that at the end. You know how the, the you, when you read your fortunes, you're like in bed? You will right, in bed. In yeah, like yeah. In New Jersey. In New Jersey. So defund didn't make it in Minneapolis. And then the other big result, obviously, was Virginia. I, I went to bed that night convinced that I was going to wake up and it was going to be McAuliffe. But um, really? You did? I mean, I, I'm I'm no. scarred by the experience of, of the last, you know, four or five years because of all the, you know, between Iowa and New Hampshire, the you know the Iowa caucus and the New Hampshire primary and you know the New York mayoral race and yeah, I'm getting used to this whole idea of like of elections don't get settled on election night and then oh, when they do get settled you're never really sure what the result is going to be uh, but it turned out to be Yunkin and you know it's it's, it's I, I think it's a paradigm shifting loss for the Democrats because they you know they they had a lot riding on this now of course you you and I talked about this that night that they were gonna find a way to blame it on Bernie and that's exactly what they did you when yeah. we saw there I mean you, you can see there's there's mashups on the internet of of commentators talking about how oh if only you know that we had more discipline in in the caucus and we're able to get an infrastructure bill passed then biden would have had a win that he could have given voters in virginia and there and you know three dots therefore therefore they would have won in virginia so like everything else it always comes back to that do we have any of those mashups you can you can find the one of the funnier ones is well it's not even funny but it's it's just so craven is there's an interview with uh tom kane or tim kane where he goes into the whole thing about how basically it's the progressive's fault blake hounchell tweeted about it saying that yeah. there's already talk about how the in the biden administration is being moved too far to the left and that's why and then there you know i uh, 
I wrote a little bit about this, but there was a lot of, you know, hot taking about what happened in Loudoun County. They essentially said it was an updated version of Lee Atwater politics, which which is really crazy because it's a it's a much more complicated story than that. And especially since a lot of the voters that defected were not even white. I thought that was a little weird. So, you know, I, the big the big question I guess we have to ask ourselves is, is, is the Democratic Party going to take a lesson from this or are they going to mm, or are they going no, to dismiss this so. as an anomaly right because their, their their pattern has been either well there's nothing we can do about it because it's racism that's like right. that's like one one thing or the other thing is it's not our fault because of reasons right or 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 it's it's the burning people's fault right right either way there's not much to do yeah like there's no, there's never any like reforming of our actual thinking that that has to be done and it's also funny because like if if these people are so racist, then why, like one of the clips from, we didn't actually talk about this, but from um, Meet the Press uh, with, with McAuliffe, he's talking about how Youngkin went after uh, Toni Morrison, um, Beloved, that book. Mm-hmm. And he's like, why does he go after the black woman, the African-American woman, the one African-American author? It's like, that's how you're going to get out the vote. Right. The yeah, Toni he- Morrison stands. Yeah, I. I mean, that's that's how you're gonna, that's how you're gonna get invited to a party in Georgetown. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Uh, it's not how you're gonna win an election, and also that was a misinterpretation of what I think that incident was all about. But whatever, you, you, it's just not survivable to come out and say parents shouldn't have control over education, right? right? Like they, they could have just come out and done. When we talked about this, they could have could have done some kind of like. Um, damage control or something or some yeah. kind of lie you know that's what politicians right. do uh yeah. but they wanted to make a point i think and then the, the other thing that they were really really trying super hard to do was identify youngkin with trump right. and make and make this out to be a trump a trump phenomenon the result in virginia what's 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 interesting about it is that is that this the, the gains were in exactly the places where Trump didn't do well. It was a different kind of vote. It, it didn't have a lot to do with some of the other results in, in you know, the recent election cycles. There, there, was a, there were some different dynamics going on there. And, and you know, it's, it, I don't know, it might, it might be true of that if they had already passed a, bit, a big rec- reconciliation bill and had childcare and had some other stuff to, to point to to point to that they might have had better success with with these like angry parents they didn't yeah they didn't have a good res- and they just didn't have a good response in general they just didn't have, didn't have a good response and he, he's a lousy candidate so maybe they might write it up to that right there's yeah. always that too right like that's that's the kind of john Kerry school of sort of self-analysis like it's oh it's mm-hmm. not that we didn't have a coherent position on the war which was the biggest subject in the, in the world at the time it's that we, you know, we nominated a candidate who was a little bit charisma deficient. Very so. charisma deficient. Not that he wasn't, but that was, that certainly didn't help. But it was also the, it always is a combination of the content and the messaging, right? Yeah. But I mean, as Biden proved, you can win with a charisma deficient or, or a charisma confusing candidate, <laughs> right? 
Charisma confused, yeah. Yeah, charisma confused. Like, but Biden's like from a sheer spectacle standpoint, he's kind of fun to watch. He is very entertaining unintentionally. Right? It's, it's a little like bit like Trump. He has that like Trumpishness. Yeah, a little little bit of Trumpishness. It's yeah. it's like it's like men in black. You never know whether like what what side of his face is gonna open up and you know the eel is right. gonna pop out or whatever. Like he's you know you, you know there's something yeah. wrong. Like the, yeah. the the mask of humanity is, is just so right. tenuous with him. Um with Trump it's it's different. Obviously, there's a different kind of animal underneath there, but but making jokes that are not really funny in the way that they think they're funny. But are oh well that funny. that yeah they have that, that in common, yeah. They definitely have that in common. Yeah. Yeah. He's so similar. We gotta do a mashup between with Biden and um, Ron from um, Ron and Sheila from Waiting for Goffman. That would be the a good one. Travel agents who haven't, who yeah. haven't been ironic. Some people find it ironical that we're travel agents. We haven't been outside of Missouri. Right, 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 right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're telling the jokes that the uninvited uh, waste of your time with jokes that you're not really yeah. sure are funny or not. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 All right. So, any other uh, any other closing thoughts on on this election week? What do you did you see this ad? Did, did you see the segment that was going around about a gallon of milk? No. They they did a, a thing. Brianna uh, Brianna Kyler Keilar, as in you know, it's blame the media clock and Bernie's right on time. She did. They had a segment on her show, and they followed a family around, and they quoted the family as saying. A gallon of milk was one ninety nine. Now it's two seventy nine. When you buy twelve gallons a, a week times four weeks, that's a lot of money. Which Can we was see a, that? It's a lot. Yeah, sure. Yeah, come on. Is she is she raising a minky whale at home? Like it's very weird. As the U.S. experiences lingering high inflation and severe constraints on the supply chain. Families are being forced to deal with the consequences in their everyday lives. Evan McMorris Santoro is live for us in New York City right now. Uh, Evan, you spoke with one couple about how this new economic reality is affecting how they feed their kids. What did they tell you? A hostage blanking. Well, Brianna, that's right. The important thing about this inflation right now is, you know, there's a lot of reasons why it's happening, but what's ha the important thing is where it's actually hitting. And it's hitting things like the cost of shelter, the cost of gasoline, like where I am with this gas station behind me, gas is up uh, more than a dollar since last year. And here in Manhattan, obviously up more than that, but up more than 20 cents from even last month. And the other thing that inflation is affecting right now is food prices. These are things that you have to buy. So I went to Cannondale, Texas, to go shopping with a family to talk about what this actually means to live in America right now. All right, let's go tackle this. What does inflation mean for American families? This is the story of the Stotler's weekly shop. Good to see you guys. Good to see you. We have uh, two biological kids, and then my wife and I have a big heart for adoption, so we adopted a sibling group of two, then three, then one, and then uh, okay, a, all right. a kid living with us right now who's uh, kind of in a foster situation. It feels like money isn't going as far as it used to. Okay, let's see what we can do. I think probably in June, it was about a dollar's worth a dollar. So now that dollar is worth about 70 cents. All right, now we're moving on to dairy, which is right there. We started seeing everything going up. Grocery prices went up, gallon of milk was $1.99, now it's $2.79. Well, when you buy 12 gallons a week, 
times four weeks, you know, you're t that's a lot of money. That's what I'm talking about. Thanks, brother. Again, this is what they buy every it's 48 week. extra dollars. If you want to get any of these that are $1.79, you can pick five boxes worth. Grocery shopping means tough choices right now. We're not buying the most healthy stuff because that prices have gone way up. But I, I feel kind of guilty sometimes we can't mm -hmm. afford the really good things that would That's be healthier also. Okay, so P.F. Chang's is like the elite. So let's let's you look. Mean elite price or the quality? Like both. Okay, so don't. So, <laughs> That's what we're so where are the P.F. Chang's is elite. Meals? The Stotlers keep a close eye on their budget and they shop deals. This is 20 ounces. How many ounces is that? 24, so get that one. Krista loves a coupon. Buy this and get Rotel and chips free. It's what it's supposed to be. But these days, the family grocery list and the money they carefully plan to spend sometimes don't match. We're at $90 already, and we've got a basket and a half left. But God is good and always provides, so let's see where we'll go. The math at the grocery store worked out. Okay, so I don't need this. We're going to take that off, and then we're going to add these items. Awesome, guys. Y'all did great. Then they had to add in the rest of the week shopping. That gets delivered. Oh, look, the Walmart stuff came. The grand total, $310. How much would you have spent maybe back in March to do the same thing? So probably we would have only spent probably about $150, $200, something like that um, in March, because um, it, was, it was quite a bit less. The Stotlers are feeling the inflation squeeze to the tune of an extra $100 a week, they say. That's just mm -hmm. for groceries. This family may be larger than many, Let's go through the line by birthdays. birthdays. Whoever has October birthdays gets to go first. But they live the same middle-class life as their neighbors. The squeeze is getting tighter, and that means that middle-class life could be changing. If the prices keep rising the way they've been rising uh, through the next six months, what's going to happen to you know, life in this house? If it continues, um, we're just going to have to get more creative. Um, and maybe pick up an extra job if we have to, um, you know, doing food delivery or, you know, something like that to, to help make up the difference. You can go down to, you know, beans and rice and still yeah. sustain uh, pretty economically. We don't want to have to do that. You want to, you know, enjoy what you're purchasing, but there's another level you can get to just to make sure you make it through. So, Brianna, what this story is really about is uncertainty. Government officials and economists all suggest that this inflation rate that we're living through right now is going to come down at some point next year, but they don't know when. And so that means that right now, yes, a trip to the grocery store, you just don't know how much you're going to have to spend. And when you spend as much as the Stotlers do, obviously that affects you pretty directly. But the point of the story is all of us are going to be feeling that squeeze eventually if these prices keep going the way that they're going. Brianna? Yeah, indeed. And We're thank you Stotlers. so much to the Stotlers for taking us inside that process. It's so important to see. Evan, thank you for your reporting. Uh, I'm sorry. No, normally, I'm in favor of like... Human interest stories? Yeah, human interest stories. What does is, what is the ordinary person live like? But like, you, you got to send a reporter to Texas to find out like what what buying a week's worth of groceries is like. I mean, that's yeah, that's pretty f fucked up. Like, you know from new york to texas yeah i mean what are the who are the people running cnn are they, are they like george hw bush they haven't they've never haven't seen money in 15 years you know what i mean yeah. get someone else to do the shopping for them right it's crazy there, there's that there's a couple of things number one 
absolutely there's somebody who knows when when inflation is going to stop it's the fed officials they, they they can crush it at any moment that's the whole point is it's 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 a policy that you you can you can control or not depending on on public policy you know i guess it's fed policy so technically that's not it's not exactly the government but government adjacent yeah i mean the the fed is a it's a quasi public right uh organ Have-sy. and then the other thing is the 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 notion that the notion that inflation is a thing that hurts the little the little person yeah they love doing that pretend. they love doing that whereas it's not it's not exactly correct inflation is a is a moment in a, in a high inflationary environment you, you you can have enormous wealth transfers that go from up to down that's kind of the reason why there's such an emphasis on preventing it because people who have tons of financial assets like the stability of knowing how much it's going to uh, their stuff is going to cost you know a few days from now right and they don't want to have wild swings in prices and they don't want to have people uh you know who are middle class or working class or whatever it is deciding to cash out buy a whole bunch of gold and wake up the next day and be be rich and in their class you know like that's not how right. that that if you ever read the book uh the secrets of the temple which is uh bill grider's big book on the fed it's 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 a book that's so big you could like anchor a like an ocean liner with it i mean it's it's like this massive thing about the federal reserve but one of the whole points of it is that there was this whole panic in the late 70s during the carter years because there was this there's lots of inflation and the people who were panicked they weren't like regular people it was rich people who were panicked because uncertainty is not what they're what they're looking for in financial leadership right so they um though there was this huge crusade to get inflation under under control now obviously it can hurt the ordinary person but there's it's kind of a double-edged sword there's like opportunity there too you can you can buy stuff and you know your the value of your the things that you buy will go up and i don't know it's just it's just a simplistic take on on the yeah. whole thing but but mainly man you really got to send a reporter out to, t- to tell us what shopping for milk is like i don't know yeah and how much of milk was that still how much 12 gallons so that's how much how many people were in that family seemed like okay so they had three natural kids and then a, a adopted sibling then, adopted yeah. siblings and then there were some more so yeah that's already six or seven that's already seven, seven before we get to that last group yeah. or whatever so right. nine that's still a lot of milk how much yeah what are they doing with the milk it's not their Maybe fault it's not the stotler's fault per se cnn's no. fault for for centering this weird milk yeah they're habit. like this this milk gobbling uh family <laughs> yeah. right yeah they're like, like a milk hole with the milk a milk hole yeah because how much for real how many kids were there wilson did you get a sense of how many kids were there when they were walking with them i thought it was they had two then they adopted two then they got three adopted more two more that would be seven maybe, maybe maybe some of them have little kids little, little yeah, kids right. drink milk like you gotta oh, you gotta true, have yeah. It's still more than a gallon per person per week. There's no way there are 12 of them. No. Unless they just sit around drinking milk all day. Milk baths. The price of water has gone up, so they have milk baths. Milk baths, yeah. It's good for your skin, right? Is it good for your skin? What if that's what they were doing? 
I just, think they use just like pouring it all um, over themselves. Yeah, <laughs> it's the elite treatment. What what do they do? What do they? Um, Maybe it's like a milk? weird Santeria donkey ritual. Milk? Donkey oh, yeah, milk. Yeah, that's that true. Yeah. What do they use? Like, what kind of milk do people bathe in? There is some kind of milk that people put into. CNN gives us a sad story. Moisture. You know, middle class families can't pour milk over themselves like they used to. They used to yeah. <laughs> They can't drink their body weight in milk. Thanks, Joe Biden. Like they used to. <laughs> That's all right. Thanks Let's go, yeah. Brandon. <laughs> yeah. It's just so ridiculous. It just seems so forced. Like they had to find, again, like they had to go to Texas. And it's really not that big. It's not that deep. You could just say prices are, are raising. And as you said, though, like this isn't, you know, things like times like these are, are precisely why big spending is good. Right. Yeah. And, and, and they, they're trying to make it like the in, little guy is going to suffer. Inflation is a is always a, is the bogeyman that they use to to yeah. cut down on every kind of yeah whether it's deficit spending or whether Def, it's these right, Fed yeah. programs right like in you know it's the Larry Summers of the world who are always whispering in the ear of right. whatever politician oh the inflationary pressure but yeah and we and it would be great if they interviewed like a uh, you know a private equity titan or somebody somebody who right. had a um you know a 400 million dollar bond fund and you ask them let's go buy milk with this person and uh, ask them about inflation you know what i mean that i mean that would have been interesting right right yeah that's uh, let's do that matt can you do that for tk news yeah maybe maybe i can we can find somebody who's got got a lot of assets under management and we'll do we'll do a milk shopping segment with yeah. them no, but that was that was weird, definitely. And but we, you're gonna start you, you're gonna start seeing that though. Like I think I think this is this is a thing that's coming, which is you know the, like with the labor shortage. You know you're starting to hear noises about corporations that might have to actually offer people benefits again because nobody wants to come back to work. They're gonna have to clamp down on that somehow. Right. They don't want to share. So. Right. It's like you can't you can barely you know it's one. When you buy a hundred sticks of butter a day, a day, <laughs> it adds up. You know, one stick of butter, okay, but once you get to a hundred sticks, what would you do with it? I mean, I can think of something. Yeah, I don't even. I don't. I like butter, but not in a way. I don't want to know about it. Like, I never add butter to stuff. I just know I like it when it's in stuff, but I never put it on bread or anything. You know, a, a month ago when I, when I was shoving twenty six of butter down my underpants a day, that only cost me three dollars and forty cents. Now it's now, four dollars and forty cents. Getting up there, yeah. You know, middle yeah, class families can't grease themselves up and wrestle like they used to. <laughs> yeah. Let's go, Brandon. Let's, Let's go, go, Brandon. Brandon. <laughs> now, olive uh, oil, I'd empathize with because olive oil is great. For olive cooking? oil, you can you can moisturize with, you can dip your bread in, you can put it on pasta, anything you have. And as, as I said earlier, it's great for the veggies. You said that to me, not to the audience. Right, but maybe that'll be in a that'll be a subsec only little people like when we talk about food, apparently. Yeah. Yeah, you were telling me about how you cook you you, you cook broccoli and olive oil and I was, I was so good. And Matt was not was in disbelief. 
I was in a disbelief. I expressed to you my uh, something something that was like validation, but it just was unconvincing. It was, it was so unconvincing, yeah. Yeah. Did you wind up finishing that pizza, by the way? Oh yeah. Wow. I had a slice. And I last felt night. disgusting. You did? But oh you liked yeah. That right? Because you like that. Well, that is part of part of the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. I had one plain slice last night. One? Did you feel yeah. better or worse after? It was it was good. It was small. It was very very good. It was one dollar pizza. Hmm. I had that with a diet sunkissed like orange thing. I haven't had that in so long. I was really diet sunkissed. Really Maybe it wasn't sunkissed, but it was something like that, like slice, slush. What is it? Crush. Orange slice. Crush. Yeah. Slice. Slice is terrible. Slice. I'm an anti-slice like, person. Well, I don't know what brand it was, but it was orange flavored. And it's kind of a good diet, you know, like diet Dr. Pepper is probably the best diet soda out there. Mm. It tastes the most like the original. Mm. It's not great. Dr. Pepper is kind of a weird soda. I like Dr. Pepper. I'm all for it's Dr. Pepper. It's fine, but I'm just saying the diet is really good. I guess so. But last night I just had a when I saw it, it really. What brand of soda really would you be least surprised to see in the trunk of somebody just arrested for multiple like homicide? Oh, I don't know. I've never thought of that. Like if they pulled over Ted Bundy. Gallons of milk. Gallons of milk. <laughs> Gallons of milk. <laughs> That's what you'd expect to find? No. Well, Wilson is saying Mountain Dew. Mountain Dew, for sure. That's what you guys think? I think, RC, I think Wilson's right. RC? RC? Cola? RC is a good call. R RC is probably probable cause to check the trunk in a lot of yeah, states. Yeah, true, yeah. You know? It should be if it's not. Right. <laughs> Okay. License and registration, please. Oh, is that RC? <laughs> You're going to have to pop the trunk. You're going to have to pop the trunk. <laughs> and you hear the banging. Yeah. Thank God for RC. Uh, all right. So that happened. Um, that was the, the news of the week. Thanks for uh, hanging in there with it for us, uh, with us for this unusual segment. And with um, us, for us, by us, yeah, by us, uh, with us, for us. Um, what are what other prepositions are there against That's us? All the Constitution. Oh right, yes. Um, yeah. Uh, and we will see you again next week. Yep. Bye, everyone. Uh, all right. Bye, bye. Likes, all right, you want to start or you want me to start? No, you start. All right. Everyone likes a great deal, like savings, markdowns, and hold on. Everyone likes a good deal, like savings, no. markdown. Everyone likes a great deal, like savings, markdowns, and lunch specials. But when it comes to car insurance, we know that the right place. Shit. But when it comes to car insurance, <laughs> we know the right place. We can't get through this read. No, it's really me, not Matt. Everyone likes a great deal, like savings, markdowns, and lunch specials. But when it comes to car insurance, we know the right place. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates for your ride. Your friends don't have to have a connection or call in a favor. State Farm has options like insuring your ride and your home, getting you great rates on both. Because insurance shouldn't put a hole in your wallet. These good neighbors because. are... Because insurance shouldn't put a hole in your wallet. Those good neighbors are in your corner. No promo codes, no waiting around for holiday deals, and no sales section. 
State Farm offers surprisingly great rates because like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. No, wait a minute. I, 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 wanna, I want that line. All right. All right. Which one do you want? You want to take the whole State Farm offers to the end? State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. I can't believe I'm going to get to say this line. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates because like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Call or go to statefarm.com for a quote today. Katie, I feel like I've ascended to like a new plane. I don't even know. Is that what that is? Isn't that it? State Farm. I'm just, I can't believe I just got to read a State Farm line. I think it's, I feel like a different person. Why? I don't know. Like. They're not evil, right? Are they evil or anything? They could be, but, but, but it's still, it's, it's still iconic. It's still iconic. Yeah. Right. Oh, that's safe light. <laughs> Whoops. So I'm wrong. So th- that's not the right thing. That's okay. We'll cut no, it no, you're, you're thinking of like a good neighbor. Stay no. farm is there. No, no. I'm thinking da, 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 da. safe life replace. What is it? Safe life reports. He's been replaced or something. Matt from state farm. Yeah. That's he's thinking of Jake from state farm, but he, but Wilson in this metaphor is Jake from state farm. Wilson. Wilson. And this is where we say like, yo, Matt, can you hook us up with a really good deal at, thanks for that really good deal you got us at State Farm. And he just says, no, that's, that's just the deal that everybody gets. Whoa. And we're like, no, come on. No, really. We We know that you push some, push some buttons for us and all that stuff. And no, really, this is just what everybody gets. I didn't do anything for you. That's the whole thing. It really is surprisingly great. That's right. State Farm. Thanks, State Farm, because they're like a good neighbor. You know, State Farm is there. Like a good neighbor who doesn't charge you a lot of money. So here is our live coverage from Tuesday night. Super interesting. So I, I, I came down here to uh, Loudoun County, Virginia, uh, which is like ground zero for this crazy like thing that's happening in American politics, which is about is... I think being reflected in uh, the gubernatorial election results tonight. Katie, how, how familiar are you with you with are you with this whole story? I mean, Terry. What I don't like about Terry, ready? He's a Clinton person, of course. But he also he's from. He doesn't sound like he's from Virginia, does he? Now. Uh he doesn't and it's because he's not i thought he was from the midwest you know where he's from where is he from upstate new york i think syracuse syracuse and that's why he sounded like he had a midwestern accent because they have that up there do you know what i'm talking about in some areas up north yeah so anyway joe biden has a syracuse connection you know obviously we know about that that's where he graduated in the top of his law school (laughs) <laughs> yeah the, the the top being like the last three yeah. right yeah was, was he was like 70 73 something, out of 80 yeah. or something like that something ridiculously bad yeah. uh so so okay so this this is a this is a crazy story and I, and I was I, I got here earlier today and i've been i've been like pounding the pavement talked to a whole bunch of people including including some of the leaders of some of these uh family groups that are that are sort of responsible for the uh youngkin success yeah exactly exactly and um 
So she 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 thinks it's a total disaster for Dems and bloodbath coming next year. Yeah. All right. Hang okay. On a it's showing. It's showing. So what are the results? Jesus. Loudoun County. That's where you were at, Matt. You pushed it left. You pushed them to the Loudoun County. So I mean, that's a, that's a significant number for Youngkin. Now, and and this is what I want to talk about. For those who don't know the story. Uh, McAuliffe is going to win this thing in a, in a walk. Like, I talked to one guy today who is like a, a, a hardcore conservative, uh, homeschooled, deeply religious, and, and basically was saying, like, I was not even planning on voting because, um, you know, the, the consensus was it wasn't going to be close. And then, right. so it was sort of this come from ahead loss by McAuliffe with unbelievably sort of rapid uh, collapse of this candidate. And it all started with this weird story in Loudoun County, Virginia, which is one of the wealthiest and highest educated counties in America. In fact, I think it might be the, at the top of both of those lists. I'm not, I'm not sure. It's at or near the top of both of those lists in terms of a number, a percentage of college graduates and like highest per capita income. So uh, what happened basically is is there was um, th there was this sort of a minor controversy about like trans policy at uh, one of the school in the school district, and there was a, uh, a, a teacher, a gym teacher, uh, who got up and gave it a speech and essentially said something to the effect of, um, I think his name was Tanner Cross. And he, he, kind, he kind of sort of expressed some objections on religious grounds. He said it was religious. He's a he's an elementary school gym teacher, so that it was weird already that that this was even coming up. Uh, and he got put in suspension for giving that speech, which annoyed some of the some of the parents in, in the district. And then there was this whole secondary thing that happened after that, involving a guy named Scott Smith, whose daughter. Um, allegedly, actually, not even allegedly anymore. It's now it, it, there's now it's been the the uh, this sort of uh, juvenile version of a conviction already. Uh, there was an assault in, in a bathroom. She was it, she had a prior relationship with the, with this also underage uh, guy who wore a skirt, um, and. The, the school was being cagey about whether or not th they were admitting that there had been any reported incidents in a bathroom because they were trying to they were trying to pass a trans rights policy that involved bathroom use. And, and just so that we're clear, th that issue is actually om almost completely tangential to this whole thing. Uh, it's got a lot of people up in arms if you read the op-ed pages like, as if this is a big anti-trans thing. It's really not significantly about that at all. This is really about the school board uh, in this one district, Loudoun County, allegedly, like it depends on who you talk to, the, the Republicans will all say that the school board is not being straight with them and has hidden certain things from them and won't listen to them and has done things like shut off the cameras in uh, town meetings so that uh, speeches by parents um, are no longer recorded because they were, they were going viral and it was becoming unpopular for the school board. So it's this big square up between elected officials 
and the school board and the parents. And then McAuliffe, McAuliffe kept taking these positions, essentially saying like, we, we can't let parents push around, push us around. Um, and we can play the exact verbiage. And there were a number of interviews, like Chuck Todd also inter- interviewed um, McAuliffe about this in, this issue. And, and uh, McAuliffe would say things like, you know, we can't let parents decide this or, you know, even tangentially just for a moment, it's a bad soundbite. Right. And I watched today uh, people coming to vote. And the thing that was most obvious was that Asian and South Asian parents um, were taking the Republican literature and not taking it from uh, the Democratic volunteers. And I had more than one, I had a number of people basically saying the same thing, which is a lot of these sort of upper class, like wealthy immigrant families came to this country specifically because of the good schools. And they're very, very traditional about education. They want to be involved and they've always voted democratic. Hmm. And, and, and this was a big, the big sea change of the Trump years was that upper class wealthy districts like this went completely democratic in the Trump years. And now okay. for it to go back to anywhere near 50-50 is like a catastrophe for for Democrats. Uh, so that's why that number of like 56 to 44 or whatever it was is is like is like a really bad sign. And and that's and that's what Crystal's talking about which which is you know that it's it was almost Im- Im- impossible for Democrats to lose areas like this or even even be uh, have to compete in areas like this after trump and now and now they're in a fight because they've you know they've they've taken some very strange positions about about the sort of role of parents in schooling so and then the, the father uh flipped out at uh at a meeting on june 22nd and wilson i think i sent you that clip you can you can see so the, basically there was a town meeting. The father got up, he spoke. There was there were some parents who um, who were upset, and I should stress that I, like I'm I'm at the initial stage of of reporting on all this, so like this is just early impressions. Right. Um, I don't have the whole thing nailed down, but it was after that, after the meeting, uh, some sheriff's deputies. Um, he had gotten into an argument with a woman uh, after the meeting and they were getting hot and the sheriff's deputy went and grabbed him. He de- depending again, depending on who you talk to, he either resisted a little or he resisted a lot. He ended up getting arrested and this became part of the predicate for the, um, for Merrick Garland's whole, a memo about threatening parents uh, at school board meetings. So, and, and, I mean, and then the other thing is there, so there's this group now in Loudoun County called fight for parents. The composition of it is really interesting. It's, it's got some like hardcore Republicans in there, but it's got a lot of sort of old school traditional liberal Democrats. Like what, what one of the board members voted for both Clinton and Biden and I, I ran into a number of people who had that kind of profile today. Like one of the people I interviewed was um, 
Indian American. He had voted for Obama. Then he the for in '08. Then he voted for Romney in '12. Then he voted for Clinton in in '16. Then he didn't vote for anybody else in '20. But was going to vote for Youngkin now, right? So there's this there there's this sort of new um, types of voters who are coming coming back again and voting against Republicans and uh, voting against Democrats. And, and these people didn't exist when Trump was the candidate. Like, because Youngkin isn't completely batshit crazy, it, it's and there's this issue. It's created this problem problem for Democrats. Wilson, can you show this tweet I just sent you? So this is a tweet from uh, Sahil Kapoor of uh, NBC. And the, for those who can't see, what it shows is Virginia tw in 2020, white women were voting 50% Biden, 49% Trump. 2021, white women are 57% Youngkin, 43% McAuliffe. So that's a 15-point swing, according to this NBC reporter. Now, I'd love to see what the numbers are for white men. Because again, Biden did really well with white men in 2020. You can see that the, the ad campaigns were heavily targeting white women in Virginia. Youngkin was was heavily stressing education. It's just so it's just so strange to see a race that between Democrats and Republicans that doesn't come down to some right Wilson. Like we're we're so used to it being, I don't know, Trump talking about whether aliens from Mars are going to conquer the Earth and you know, the Democrat having some kind of response to it. Do you think the race is about, could it actually be about the infrastructure bill and reconciliation? Is, could that ever influence I mean, stuff it, anymore? Or, or are we just still on aliens? It could, it could be that. And, you know, don't forget, don't forget this part of the state that's pretty, that's pretty tuned into Joe, Joe Manchin, right? Because it, it, it borders his state. So there could be, there could be people who are frustrated with, but I don't know. I, we just showed a graphic that showed that that exit polling shows white women swung fifteen percent to the GOP in this race. So wow. I'd love to see what it is for, wow, for white amazing. guys, and I'd love to see what it is for Asian Asian voters also, right. because there's a little bit of the same issue that's going on in California where like some of the competitive uh, schools for gifted children, they're no longer, it's, let's just say it's become harder for, for Asian kids to, to get in than previously. And, and there's a lot of parents who are upset about that. Hmm. I talked to today. Oh yeah. I mean, people keep, that seem, seems to be the common, the conventional wisdom, right? Is that it's about the infrastructure reconciliation and, I mean, do they ever ask people about that? But I feel like the the idea of gridlock in general maybe could be used against McAuliffe more. But that is as much as I see it happening, as opposed to the details of Mansion and and Cinema. Yeah, and and Youngkin is a relatively inexperienced politician, so he's not going right, to get he's that. He's not part of the yeah. The dysfunction. Uh, He's not associated with that. About a month and a half ago, we had a tweet from one of our favorite people, who is 
prognosticating in this election. Oh, why so many Republicans have actually endorsed me. Former delegates, Bill Kristol, one of the most conservative writers in America. Why? Terry has the experience of getting this done. And that's what we need here. He needed that. Because we've got tough times ahead and we can't go with a candidate who is too extreme. By the way, I put a lot of. He's endorsed by Donald Trump three times. He said he was honored to have his endorsement. He wants to ban abortions here in Virginia. The number one issue he talked about the entire campaign was election integrity. The big issue I'm talking about are jobs, economic development. That's how you grow, investing in education, lifting up health care. He's gone as far to say that so much of the reason I'm running is because of Donald Trump. Well, let me be clear to all you in Virginia. Thank you, Mr. McConnell. Hello, thank you so much for listening to and watching Useful Idiots. For full episodes and extended interviews, please subscribe at usefulidiots.substack.com. You can subscribe on YouTube at youtube.com slash usefulidiots for clips, live streams, and full episodes. 